Don't be afraid. Lock the doors. Turn out the lights. And climb into bed. It's time for Hillbilly Dead Time Stories. Over the years, haunted houses have inspired generations of writers, artists, and filmmakers and captured the imaginations of people of all ages in every part of the world. By examining the history of these supernatural residences, we can gain a fascinating insight into the identity of their otherworldly inhabitants. In the history of any place, there is sadness as well as joy. People are born, they live, they die. And among all the living are weddings, birthdays, and anniversaries. There are also arguments and conflicts. Intertwined in these events are emotions. Speculation has been made that a house haunted is a house that retains energy and emotion from past events. The house we will learn about today is in Georgia, just off the beaten path. This house could not escape that fate nor could it hide its hauntings from those who later dwelt there. stood back from the road, sheltered by tall oaks, with a view of the world from the front porch. It was not an imposing structure, just a dwelling of generations of farmers, but it had a long history. The core of the house was a log cabin built before the Native Americans were driven from the area in the 1830s. As the owners became more prosperous, they replaced many of the rustic features of the home with more refined materials. The Owens family moved here one summer to escape the hustle and the bustle of the big city of Atlanta. They were looking for the tranquility of a rural area and were excited when their real estate agents showed them the old farmhouse. The house needed many improvements, but they were looking forward to the challenge. They wanted to make the house their own, to change it to their liking, to bond with it as if they had built it. They had elaborate plans and started renovations almost immediately. First, the kitchen had to go. It was old and antiquated, and honestly, just ugly. They started ripping things out, never realizing that at one time the things they ripped out had been someone else's idea of a dream. Pine cabinets for mica tops, large enamel range, stainless steel sink, all taken to the dump, gone. And that's when it started. At first, it was just things misplaced. Tools, clothes, books. The new residents hardly noticed until they were looking for these possessions and found them in odd places. Screwdrivers would be found driven among the roots of an old oak tree in the backyard. Clothes would be found in the corner in the back of the closet, wound up into a tight ball. And for some odd reason, books would turn up in the loft of the barn. At first, the family was charmed. They felt honored to have a ghost in their house. The tools were still usable, the clothes could be ironed and the barn loft was an excellent place to read. But the fire in the smokehouse? 
that changed their minds. The parents immediately suspected one of the children. Children like to play with matches and they rarely own up to their guilt. Of course, the children denied any knowledge of the fire in the old smokehouse. The parents assumed that they just did not want to be punished. The second fire was a lot more perplexing. When this fire started, the children were away at a public swimming pool. The shed that burnt down had never been explored because of weeds and fear of snake. The shed and its contents were burnt to ash. If any valuable contents were inside, the family would never know. School began about the time that the kitchen was finished, and not only did the children start classes, but the mother did as well. She traveled south to a small two-year college with a good horticulture program. She hoped that the following year that they would have a spectacular flower bed and garden. With the rest of the family away, Mr. Owens went to work on the only bathroom in the house. He rented a portable toilet and ripped out the bathroom to its bare walls. As usual, there were misplaced pools and even a small fire in the barn. Despite this, the bathroom was finished in time for a Halloween party. New friends and old friends came to the party, and all about a hundred people drove up to the jack-o'-lantern line driveway and parked in the field beside the house. Festivities would include games, a hayride, and of course, ghost stories. Among the guests was a local man who was renowned for his ghost stories. The Owens family shared stories about the strange happening since they moved in, and the local man confirmed their assumptions about the house being haunted with a few stories of his own about the house. He claimed that there was not just one ghost, but several. When the evening ended, the local man was one of the last to go. He thanked the family for having him out, but then he said something odd before he left. You'll start seeing them soon, he said, and the family nervously laughed this off. Having pranks played on you by unseen ghosts was one thing, but actually seeing those pranksters? That was something that they did not look forward to. Unfortunately, the sighting started to happen all too soon. Left alone, Mr. Owens worked inside and outside the house, but he began to feel as if he was not really alone. He suspected that someone was watching him, and he did not like that feeling. It was like a subtle invasion of his privacy. When he got fed up with his suspicions, Mr. Owens started looking for a logical explanation. He suspected one of his neighbors. Since he never saw anything, except for sometimes out of the corner of his eye, Mr. Owens decided he was letting his imagination run wild. But the woman in Calico changed his mind. He first saw her near the barn, and at the time he thought she was one of the neighbors come to visit her just taking a walk. When he waved to her, she just stared. Feeling embarrassed, he went back to chopping wood. Looking up again, she was gone. The second time, he was in the kitchen enjoying a mid-morning coffee break while reading the gardening section of the Sunday paper. He happened to glance out of the window as he was putting his mug down on the table when he saw her again. She was standing just outside the barn, but this time, she was not alone. She had a child with her, a boy. Getting a better look at her this time, Mr. Owen saw that she had wispy blonde hair. The boy's was almost the same, and he wore overalls without a shirt or shoes. She wore a faded dress that reached to her ankles. He arose from his seat, but by the time he got to the back porch, they were gone. After that, he saw them all the time. He never saw them arrive, and he never saw them leave. He would just look up, and they would be standing there, watching him. No one else saw them until his sister arrived for Thanksgiving. 
The moment Laura got out of her car, she sensed something out of the ordinary about the old farm. She spent the first hour walking around with the family, exploring the new place. When they sat down in the living room to rest before dinner, she asked them if the farm was haunted. Mr. Owen said yes, but did not tell Laura his experiences. He wanted to hear her impressions before he told her what had happened to him. Those impressions were very similar to his own. I think they are brother and sister, she said of the woman and the boy that he kept seeing. As for the others, others, Mr. Owens excitedly asked. The older boy, Laura said. He was around the shed, the smokehouse. He smells of smoke. And there's the old woman in the kitchen. She doesn't like the changes you've made. She likes to hide things. She thinks people are going to rob her. I don't think she's quite right in the head. Is there anyone else? Her brother asked. I saw a marmalade cat, Laura replied. Where? It was sitting among the roots of the old oak tree in the backyard. We don't have a cat, Mr. Owens replied. I didn't think so. Real cats don't usually vanish into thin air. After that, the Owens saw the cat quite often, just fleeting glimpses from the corners of their eyes. There were even a few more small fires. If anything went missing, they looked for it in the roots of the old oak tree or in the barn loft. With winter, the woman and the boy stopped appearing. Perhaps it was too cold for them. In the spring, Mr. Owen saw them again, and a neighbor, helping him build a fence, saw them as well. Moreover, the neighbor recognized them. That's Emmy and Joshua, he explained. They died of the influenza. I was just a boy then, but I remember them. Mr. Owens informed him about what his sister had told him about the other ghost, and the man knew at least the human ones. The older boy was Mark. He had died, suffocated in the smokehouse after he was locked in there by some other boys. The old woman was Nancy. She died at the age of 98, telling everyone who would listen that people were trying to rob her. Today, the farm is still haunted by the people and the events of the past, but the Owens family has learned to live with them. Emmy and Joshua still come by to watch Mr. Owens work, but now that the house is fully renovated, Nancy bothers him only occasionally. The cat is seen every now and then, but it could be a real cat that strayed onto the property. The only one that is gone is Mark. He left after the family tore down the old smokehouse and planted a flower garden where he passed away. No. Oh. 